I've been grilling out all weekend over that hot, hot grill. Oh, gosh. And I am ready to cloak. I am ready to jabber. That's what I'm ready to do because we are going to be talking about Cloak and Dagger, Episode 8, Ghost Stories. I'm Alex. And I'm right on the side with my hamburger. Well, 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 well done. JT says. <laughs> Pete, how do you like your burgers? Pete, how do you like your dogs? <laughs> hey, I'm Pete. Burgs and dogs. Burgs and dogs. Dogs Pete, and burgs. Pete, burgs and dogs, LePage. You well, kind of sound like a Rick and Morty character a little bit. Do I? Yeah, with your radio voice. Uh, yeah, 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 Morty. Yeah, that's pretty great, Morty. Oh, oh that's, that's, Morty. That's an impression that you actually can do. Yeah, uh, close. Almost. I'm not very good at impressions, but I am very good on this episode of Cloak and Dagger. As usual... This show is awesome. Now, I just want to mention, Justin, because you've been off the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you've been taking off. You know, uh, Pete has been our contentious friend on this podcast for a little while. I am familiar with his work. Yes. (laughs) But in particular, I think you've been a little upset about this show for various reasons. Yes. I I don't want to oversell it too much. And Pete, you can certainly weigh in here. I think he's warmed on the show over the past couple of weeks. And in particular, there was stuff in the last episode that Pete said... He loved. No. Yeah. I mean, the last episode was very lovable. And yeah. let me let me say this. Pete made a prediction that was paid off a little bit in this episode that we're going to get to later. How do you feel about that? I, I, you know, I'm just happy that it's getting better. Would you say that we've jabbered you into liking this show? <laughs> Maybe. I think the jabber's getting to him. Yeah. Uh, Whatever it is, I think uh, what you mentioned is you've had some strong feelings about Tandy in particular. Mm -hmm. And as she has progressed towards being a hero, you've tended to like her more. Is that fair? Yeah, she's grown into being a better person. I've enjoyed the show more. But you didn't see it coming. You thought she was going to be bad the whole time. I don't, you know, I don't write the show and I don't, you know, I try to enjoy what I'm given. I don't write the show. I don't watch the show. I don't understand the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's my take on Cloak and Dagger. Uh, Well, let's get into it. Uh, we'll do a little bit of a recap, and then we'll get to my favorite section of the show, other than, of course, talking to you guys. So <laughs> Sounds weird to say it like yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Oh, wait, is your favorite section when we talk to our in-depth reporter who's uh, down on yeah, the streets? Yeah, thanks for ruining it. I was going to get uh, to it in a second. Jeez Louise, uh, Pete. Anyway, if you haven't been watching Cloak & Dagger, what's been going on is there's two crazy kids named Ty and Tandy. They both have powers. Ty can teleport around, also cause people to see their own fears, as well as Ty being able to see their fears. Tandy is able to create light daggers and can go into people's hopes. Uh, so they have uh, opposite powers there. They can't really touch. If they do touch, they blow each other backwards. And as of last episode, they found out a big key to both of their mysteries, what's going on. Uh, Tandy's mystery is that her dad was involved in the creation of a Roxxon oil company platform that was mining for some sort of energy. We don't know exactly what the energy is, but we do know when they accidentally released the energy, it caused people to go crazy uh, in what one character, Ivan Hess, who was a part partner of Teddy's father called terrors. Basically, it drove them to embody their fears is the way that I took it. Become very violent. Yes. Uh, Funnily enough, that was a detail that Pete and I totally skipped over last episode because I was so excited about Pete actually liking the show. I forgot the key detail. So there you go. 
On the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> there's Ty, who's dealing with the death of his brother that happened at the exact same time the Roxod platform exploded back in the day. Uh, his brother was killed by a detective named Connors, who's very corrupt. In the present, a detective named O'Reilly, who's dating a pretty nice police officer. Uh, or talking maybe, about Beard Cop? Beard Cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's half cop, half beard. And he's the P the page of cops. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, uh, she is investigating him, but she's investigating him, but basically going undercover. Investigating Connors, not investigating not Connors. She's Thank investigating you. Beard Cop's mouth <laughs> with her mouth. <laughs> yes, that's called kissing. <laughs> and, oh, Did you know I, that? I always oh, forget man. the word and the action for that. Yeah, so a couple of other things I'm sure we'll get to over the course of the podcast, uh, but when we jump into our New Orleans correspondent, Brett. Well, before we do that, there was a yeah. uh, cloak has another, a third power you didn't mention, which is really pulling off a sequin cloak. Yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're not there yet. I know, but I'm just saying that's a superpower. He uh, has. That is a superpower, and he does pull it off, which is really impressive. So, Brett, uh, Brett Macris, he is our New Orleans correspondent. He's been sending us man notes the about street. the show, Man on the Street. We flew him he down, then we fly him down there every week at some expense, put him up in a hotel to <laughs> no, tell he us. He lives down there. Okay, that's what it is. Great. Where's yeah. all this money going? Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Did I mention how I was grilling out some burgers this weekend? Yep. Wait, are those comic book club brand burgers? So you can follow like him. Trump steaks, our version of Trump steaks. <laughs> They're oh, just God. as bad. At Brett Macris, you can follow him on Twitter. Also, we chatted about this a little bit last week. Uh, you can follow him at Stray Bullet on Instagram. That's S-T-R-A-Y-B-U two ones and then E-T. He makes a bunch of comic book aprons, which is kind of like the crafts with the cloaks on the show, Ah. Uh, but you can check them out there. Uh, That said, he didn't have a lot of notes. I don't want to blow up his spot too much. We'll get to why he didn't have a lot of notes beyond the fact that last episode mostly took place on the Rocks on Oil Rig. Um, But he said they really didn't go anywhere except the hospital room of the imaginary rig. The rig is in Lake... uh, Poncho train, Poncho train, Poncho train. Uh, most people I'm in Louisiana, the New York, New Orleans expert. <laughs> he says most people in Louisiana want to warp out of the swamp, not the other way around. When they first hit the rig, uh, the cookie scene is great, but as a chef, I can only say the cardamom is just kind of gross. It doesn't cure depression and probably just makes it worse to have anywhere around your food. Uh, at the wow, end. what an anti-spice stance. There you yeah. go. Uh, really it is that. a weird spice. I was reading about it a little bit later, and it's usually used in savory dishes, not sweet ones. So yeah. there you go. Uh, but again, a lot probably, of uh, I like non-Western sweet cooking. Sweet and savory myself. What? In food oh, in like general? Oh, like a chocolate pretzel? Yeah. <laughs> You're not talking about cardamom at all. You're just talking about food. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. If you ever get lost in Pete's Fearscape, just have him have a chocolate pretzel. He'll come right out. Yeah. Yep. There it is. So Smell he also mentions, uh, now you remember the episode ends absolutely beautifully uh, with Ty playing his brother's freestyle. Oh, she says yeah, play his voice it again. For the, yeah, says oh. it again. Look at oh. this. Look at this. This is Pete enjoying That's the show. That's crazy. It's very odd to see because I thought you were going to come out with some horrible comment after that. No, he loved it. It, wow. uh, it makes me very so happy. Weird. Uh, but Brett mentions the ward in Billy's freestyle rap on the tape is the seventh ward. Uh, he also says, I can say that with all the powers and magic going on in the show, that New Orleans is a pretty magical place. Beyond the 24-hour barbs, uh, bars, Bourbon Street and idiots throwing beads everywhere when it's not Mardi Gras, there's real beauty down here. Here's the reason there's not a lot of notes. I'm writing this from our hospital room in the uptown neighborhood of New Orleans where my firstborn son... Hey, congratulations! Brooklyn Marvel Macris was born to... Brooklyn? That's like us! (laughs) Yeah, Marvel, that's like something we like. 
Oh my God. Was born two days ago. My grandfather was born on Bourbon Street and is buried in St. Louis Cemetery, a mile from my house. And now my son was born here. There's definitely magic in the shit at the city. Wow, wow. that's great. Yeah, Do uh, Brooklyn Marvel. Brooklyn Marvel. No, I gotta tell you, but I was gonna. I'm, I'm. My wife and I are having a baby in like a month, and I was gonna name her New Orleans, DC. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, I got to tell you, Brett sent me the notes right after the episode, and I was like, what are you doing? You're in the hospital with a you baby. You need to distraction. That's what he said. His his wife was like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for just doing something else yes, for an exactly. hour. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, Brett. Congratulations to you, and thank you for the notes. Let's get into talking about the episode. A lot of big stuff happened again. Where last episode was uh, focused a lot on Tandy's catharsis. This one is focused on Ty. Yeah. Most of it takes place on the anniversary of the day of both of their important relationships left their life. Uh, Justin, you want to... What? It's <laughs> a weird way to say that. It was a weird way of saying it. I'm sticking by it. I just, that's great. I Justin, just you want to walk us through the episode? Sure, here? let's do it. So we kick off the episode with um, some flashbacks to uh, Tanny yeah. and Ty's kids. Um, L- and little ballerina it starts uh, with. Some ballerina stuff and uh, Ty with his brother. Yep. And that... Uh, more. What's that? Does a little fun more with yeah, his brother. Yeah, it's fun. That's a great way to connect. Um, yeah. The uh, and that we realized that is rolling right into the day that we that started this series off. Now, can I mention? I love these little kids. I yeah. think they're great. They're great. Uh, they, you know, they've shown up a couple of times as we slowly found out more and more about these this day. But the kid actors are so good and so mature, like they're forced into a role, which we get to see a lot of this episode where they have to be too mature for their age and take uh, care of things way beyond what they should for how old they are. But these actors sell it. They did a yeah. really, really good job casting the show from top to bottom. Agreed. They, and they're and, a delight to watch. It really, truly in a lot of shows, the child actors don't match. And I feel like yeah. in this show, it's it feels so real that these kids yeah. are playing the younger versions. Also, they really went out of their way to show what a dick Tandy's dad is. Like, that was some cold shit he was hold, saying. Hold on, that's hold way on. You're jumping, the end of the You're jumping No, ahead. I'm just saying, in the beginning, he's like, you could, if you ever fall, you have to give up dancing. And I was like, holy shit. But he no, was being no. very playful. He was yeah. No, he was not being very playful. He was being cold as fucking ice to his daughter. I... If you fall, you'll never dance again. You don't say that to a kid. He didn't mean it like a threat. It seemed like it. That's Here, the way here's it was what delivered. I'd say. So I think there is a part of what you're saying that's right. And I think what you were reading into it is what we do find out about him later on in the episode. But I believe I would say as a father, the way that it is Trump being card. played. Yeah, there. I just I got you Fuck so you. bad. Uh <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the episode is that it is played as playful. I'm sarcastic with my kids sometimes. And you say things like that and they know their jokes because they pick up on them. Yeah. But I think, again, I think you're right. Like I did not pick up on it that way when I was watching the beginning of the episode because you talk to your kids like that. And you're like, okay, if you do this, that's it. That's absolutely it. And they get it. <laughs> Why would you say that to your kid if you fall, you're done? I threaten to murder them every day. Wow. That's how I wake them up. They're terrified. I'm going to kill you. Good morning, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Because their day gets instantly better right from the start. You start start to set the bar low. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, kids. I'll probably murder you in your sleep. How's all the bedwetting going, by the way? Yeah, exactly. That's me. Yeah, I know you're still wetting the bed. I love it. When you scare your kids into wetting their beds. I I wet their beds as well. (laughs) 
that's, that's very gross. Uh, great. The little window into the Zalbin household. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we see these great scenes uh, that flash us back and then realize that, boom, it's eight years ago on this very day when we move forward into the episode. Uh, and then it's we an get an- big anniversary. The budding romance of... Beard guy and lady detective. Beard cop and uh, Detective O'Reilly. Right. Uh, and she's talking about how she packed, passed her psych eval. After she shot yeah. uh, Ty's brother's friend who was running the drug ring. Which was For Connors. Yeah. And I... It's funny. I feel like this sort of scene in a show is usually played where they're like, yeah, I took the psych eval. I'm fine. But they're actually very traumatized by this thing. Mm-hmm. I think she's fine. She's ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How do you feel about Detective O'Reilly so far? She's been, Why do you say she's ice cold? She's not ice cold. She's I, I don't mean ice cold in a negative connotation here. I just mean she's like f- totally fine with what happened. She's all business. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what it means. Okay. Yeah. She's all pancakes. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, they're making Wait, pancakes. Are those girlfriend pancakes? Oh, fuck yeah, they are. Oh, I guess so. What? Uh, I, so like, I like her. I, like her. I think really. the way... The way she's played feels like she is that sort of wide-eyed enough of a cop or a person who would like just go along with these teenagers and be like, "Yeah, let's let's have you do this fucked up thing." So she seems like a little bit on the edge across the board, if you know what I mean. Oh, what about you, Pete? It was fucking weird because it was like the wrong kid was shot, and we didn't. Nobody cared, you know, except for Ty, which was messed up. And the fact that they were just kind of nonchalant about like, yeah, we shot this kid. But anyways, uh, what are we, boyfriend, girlfriend now? I thought that was kind of fucked up. And it would have been nice if it weighed a little. I know you have to move a story forward, but like, come on, man. I also think that they were trying to show that that's what cops deal. You know, cops are... Yeah, around cops guns are shooting or, black kids all over the place, and it's just yes, like. But I think that was somebody somewhere care would be yeah. nice. Well, I think Ty definitely did care, right. and that was maybe. So the, point. the reason I was curious is I'm having a hard time reading her character, and I think yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think she's a very atypically written cop character. You know, you get that she's like. She's the driven female cop who has a shady past, and that's why she, you know, has sex and uses guys and just leaves. Does a bunch of drugs. Does a bunch of drugs, does shady things. But that's not exactly how she's being played by the actress. She's being played in a much more interesting way versus, I think, Connors, who I like. He's a good, bad cop. But Connors is a little more straightforward as a bad cop. It's character, the classic, like our, our uh, what you would expect. Uh, yeah, but O'Reilly's example. not. Like, yeah, that, for that's sure. The thing again, I'm why I was curious to get your guys' take on it is because I just don't know exactly who she is or what she's about yet. You know, yeah. I don't know. We find out more this episode. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, we definitely see a lot of her in this episode. Um, so they decide um, O'Reilly and Beard Beard Cop boyfriend decide they're going to take Connors down. Um, uh, which is a big choice yeah. for them. And Huge I like choice. that too. Uh, did you spend a lot of the episode wondering whether Beard Cop was going to turn? Because there was at least until halfway through I the episode. Beard Cop was definitely going to turn. Yeah. Really? I thought that when their relation, the second relationship scene, I was like, I don't feel like some, I think a bad thing's going to happen. Yes. Uh, that's what I'm saying is by the second relationship, by the middle of the episode, yeah. I they thought were all they were, I was like, well, he's dead. Yeah. I would exactly. thought they were hinting at like, He's going to turn on her type of thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so next, uh, we see Tandy visiting. Whatever um, it is, doesn't matter by the end of the episode. Yeah. Yes. 
but they he now, was there was a great meal uh, lost. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of great Bergs and dogs. Uh, I would also <laughs> like to point out we have Tandy kind of walking uh, to visit her friend in the hospital there, and yes. Captain Douche is walking out, and I was very <laughs> surprised how calm that interaction was in the hallway. Where she I was, love that interaction. So great. the Captain Douche is uh, a Roxon executive, right? Uh, who she's yeah, dealt with n- yeah. numerous times. Yeah. So, well, not numerous times. Specifically, she presented to be a Catholic schoolgirl who needed help with a car so that she could confront and find out a little bit more about Peter Scarborough. Her plan was to kill him when he was changing the tire, but she kind of chickened out, kind of decided to go about it a different way. Uh, he. Seeing her there, I love how nonverbal that scene was. Yeah. That yeah. everything that needed to be exchanged, where he was like, oh, it's you. Oh, you're Teddy Bowen. Oh, I get what happened. And her verbally affirming that again with her eyes, I love that. I yeah. thought that was Yeah, wonderful. but I was hoping she would have said something like, oh, did you murder my boy in there or something? You fucking shady no, piece of shit. She's, she's trying to. And she does in this episode. Like she's trying to f- win. She's trying to like. She doesn't want to just like, yell at somebody. Right. Yeah. But also, you I can't... was worried about him when he was leaving. You were worried for him? Yeah, because I thought maybe he like mind wiped him or made him sign some papers. Mind wiped him or did some illegal shit, man. Uh, I think he was maybe going there to figure out what. Well, that's, what, that's what he did. Yeah, how he, much he yes. has over them. Yeah, right. He was trying because what happened with Ivan Hess, we didn't really cover this. Is that he was in a catatonic state for about eight years, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Eight uh, years and, exactly. Yeah. from the day. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Huh. So like seven Fat. years in a uh, in uh, six days. Yeah, like fifty-one weeks. Yeah, something like that's that. That's what we're talking about. Uh, so uh, Tandy and Ty last episode got him out of that catatonic state. He didn't remember what was going on necessarily in his head, but as we find out this episode, he does pretty much remember everything that happened up until that explosion, uh, but is very scared to say what he knows because certainly that implicates Roxanne, potentially that implicates him, uh, that doesn't on the other hand, implicate uh, Teddy's father at all. But it would also ruin uh, his daughter's career. Yes. Uh, who works for Roxanne. Yeah, so right. complicated way to and, come out yeah. of a catatonic state. And also, Tandy was quick to point out, he's the only real witness. Yeah. You know, to and he, what, he tells her that there's a safe deposit box with a memo in it that nice. will uh, make the case uh, and get her dad no, off. I was worried that that was going to be like a trap for Tandy. I feel like you watch the show and you're very worried all the time. I am worried. Um, but it's a real fun ride. Yeah. Uh, Tandy and her mom uh, reconnect next in a nice yeah, way. That their, was like, their relationship is getting so better and better. quickly easy. Like, Mom, I got you coffee. Oh, like, what about all the shit that went down? Well, but I think she's she's making a change. She's not drinking. She's coming out of the, the bad part of her life. And I, that's why I think this episode is all about the different reactions to the anniversary which uh, between Tandy and Ty, which has become a reflection of their powers. Like, mm-hmm. she's very... Wants to celebrate it or honor it, uh, give yeah, it its due like with her mom, and it's up, more yeah. hopeful. He's, he's sitting silently with his parents, and they can't speak about it, and it's a very negative, sort of uh, fearful place for them. Well, and it, it reflects... I mean, uh, I think we could probably talk a little bit about how how it reflects how they were on that very night, but certainly it's the opposite trajectories 
of how their lives have gone. The Bowens yeah, yeah. completely fell apart, but when it comes to the anniversary, they pull it back together. Yeah. And for Ty's family, they held it together, but they completely fall apart every year on the anniversary. Yeah. Um, so as usual, I'm super impressed how much of a parallel structure there is going on through every single episode and how even they keep it. Yeah, and it doesn't feel predictable. It doesn't feel predictably yeah. like, oh, we're going to jump. Like a show like Lost was very like... Dude, by you would call loss predictable? By well, the way the structure of the show was always like scene in present day, flashback scene. It was like very like okay, I know what's going to happen here. Predictable, yeah, predictable. yeah, and the very road. And this is um, feels much more organic and much more like as if someone's telling you the story. And it's like oh, so then Tandy did this, like the way we're talking about it right now. Whoa, do Whoa. you think they recorded a podcast first and then did a show? Oh, that would be the best way. Hello, Hollywood, to develop something. Yeah, <laughs> if you guys want to develop Cloak and Jabber into a TV show. A fictional TV show. Let us know. Uh, or an after show for after <laughs> the Cloak and Dagger. Oh, there we go. Uh, you can hit us up on our new Twitter, at Cloak Jabber, and we will uh, we'll chat. We should have had that be Cloak and Jabber TV. Uh, we should have. <laughs> uh, they did it automatically. I don't know if you know this because you missed, uh, but I did set up a Twitter for, for the podcast. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know? I follow it. Oh, cool. <laughs> Pete does it. Yeah, it did. Oh, you did now? Yeah. Great. Thanks, right. Pete. Way to be on top of it. Uh, I mean, whoever runs it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> wow, what a weird right. mystery. Can we talk about the moment where last episode there was like this real maybe love connection, sweet moment. Then they see each other. Tandy, which I thought was really cool of her, shows up to his house. Yes. Was it cool of it her? It seemed cool for sure. She comes there. Well, why wouldn't it be cool? Just listen. So she comes there, shakes um, Ty and his family out of their sort of their sad reaction, their inability to speak oh, about the death. Don't you fast forward. There was a moment where she shows up and she's like, what, I don't get a hug? Yeah, no. no. Like, he was so cold to her after they had this sweet moment. I was really fucking disappointed. Well, that's a joke, too, because she knows they can't touch. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even... And also, yeah. he's he's fucked up because of the the death of his brother and their, the way no, they... No, he's going through a lot of shit. Yeah. I understand that. But I thought it was a, a fun moment where he no, she was like, I, well, it is a up. fun moment. Uh, I think she is joking with him. She sees that he's sad and she's making this very obvious joke to make him laugh, to make him smile. They are having a relationship, a developing relationship there. And even if, I mean, we'll get to this in a second, but even if she is using him in this moment, which she is, which she is, and this is, it's so weird. You to don't me. know what we're oh, talking yeah, about. I know okay, you do. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy to me that you're the person who's like, I think, uh, given everything that's gone out of this podcast, the one moment when Tandy actually is using Ty for nefarious purposes, you're like, I thought this was sweet. I thought it was sweet in the beginning. And then when she walks away, I was like, you fucking bitch. How could you do that to him? You're it was a confusing great. man, Pete. I thought, I thought it was a great moment. She, they played it super well. I thought well. she was being honest, but of course, nope. She's got ulterior motives to everything. And yeah. then instantly we see her as a child steal a phone. At, this is after her father in the flashback, after her father's died and her mom's not there to pick her up. She steals a phone out of a purse. Instantly explaining how she went from being a normal ballerina to being someone who kept committing worse and worse crimes. Yeah, that's what happens, though. You wake up on a beach, next thing you know, you're a con artist. 
Yeah, exactly. You're a con artist, a one-shoed con artist. Yeah. Oh, that's called, they used to call me one-shoesy. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, when you were a newsie. Yeah, when I was a newsie. <laughs> oh, one shoesy the newsie. One shoesy the newsie. <laughs> oh, hey, would you mind spiral. running my route today? I only got this one shoe. Anyway, she uses the opportunity of going over to Ty's house to steal Ty's mom's of ID. Of course. Why would she come out of her way if it's not for evil purposes? I think it was both, though, because by the end of the episode, they are I connecting and they it. are together. I believed it. In that moment, I was like, oh, my God. She likes him. This is sweet. And then when she walks out and pulls the ID, I was like, but maybe she also does. Yeah, I think she does like him. I think they are developing a relationship there. But at the same time, she needs this thing and she is using him for this thing. So, you know, relationships work on many layers. Not ours, Pete, but uh, but some do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, moving forward, um, we uh, find out that Connors has a sketch of Ty that he is uh, actively trying to get him. Yep. Um, so uh, O'Reilly goes to Ty's house, and he does not want a cop showing up there. Well, uh, hold on. Before before he gets there, the entire all the ward dudes show up, and yeah. they're having a big cloak party at the house. They're all putting together the stuff, uh, and... There's a pretty emotional moment with Ty's dad where yeah. he pulls out the cloak yeah. that the brother had. And he's straight crying. Yo. Yeah, he's straight yeah. crying. And uh, that, it's again, real. I know I keep talking about the cast this episode, but I continue to be impressed how not only have they done such a wonderful job with Ty and Tandy, but everybody else in the cast gets these really beautiful, yeah. touching moments. It's Dude, great. It's really good. Seeing your like, parent cry, I mean, that's fucking real shit, man. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, and the cloak is in the house. The cloak is in the house. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. So as comic book fans, we know what the cloak wears a cloak, obviously, but also what it looks like traditionally from the comics. We speculated back when they picked out Billy's cloak that that would potentially turn out to be the cloak he wore, and it does. Yeah. What do you think about the look of it now that he finally kind of has a costume? The sequence what- I was a little dubious about, but... Uh- it looked cool. Wait, wait, which way? I want to back up the truck a little bit. There was this funny, well, I thought it was kind of funny, where it was like, oh, man, there's a cloak on the table. And then, like, the cloak is thinking about, like, oh, that could be my cloak. And then Tad walks by and, like, takes the cloak. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, your Tad just took your he cloak. He was so close to cloak. Uh, but then when he started crying, I was like, oh, man, this is yeah. really powerful. I, I like the sequence a lot. I actually thought yeah. it was a really nice way because to make cloaks cloak look correct because in the comics he has this cloak with these lines all over it that are never really explained so that creates a reasonable explanation for why there are lines on the cloak yeah i agree i thought it was cool uh i'm curious when he gets fully into his powers if it will sort of be bigger if the uh dark force will like well do you want to jump ahead to that a little Uh, bit to the deal that he makes with o'reilly yeah let's do that was it weird to you guys when they were like talking about the difference between a cloak and a cape i was like what are we doing right now i think that was like a little in superhero chat because most superheroes wear capes right and i was just like all right well you felt like the show is called cloak and dagger we get it yeah you you don't want to confuse it with cape and knife the show being developed on the cw (laughs) based on our podcast yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. cape and strife our podcast about cape and knife oh man that podcast is not good (laughs) yeah it's too much arguing uh (laughs) so um so yeah uh o'reilly ty and beard cop boyfriend um come up uh 
Ty comes up with this plan, presents it to them. Like, I want to um, haunt, like, haunt really, Connors. I'm really quick, guys. He's like, I'm very fast. Dis- yeah. ass- he's like, I just saw this old movie called Ghost. I want to try a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he says, is, is Beard Cop cool? Because I'm going to like do this Yo. thing. Uh, I was like, this is not a good idea. Uh, beard, that, beard that to me, actually, now that I think of it, that was the moment when I was like, oh, one of them is going to die because you can't have this many people know no, about exactly. the secret. That's what I was worried about. Yeah, and O'Reilly's not going to die, so bye-bye, Beard Cop. That's what uh, I'm But his plan is basically to pull a ghost and scare Connors into giving a confession. Yeah, you could also say uh, Hamlet if you wanted to, like, be a, a well-read <laughs> wow. person. So, you know, if you want to be a classically trained... Dude, I think the Hamlet, the Kenneth Prana movie that's based on Ghost, the movie with Patrick Swayze? That's right, yeah. I always forget the order, because um, Shakespeare wrote uh, Ghost, uh, Ghost Rider won the first movie, oh, and then right. also... <laughs> Shakespeare really Yeah, they the say that Marlowe wrote Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I don't believe it's, it. Yeah. I don't believe oh, it. Oh, man. Hey, no history ever, ever sorted out. Anyways, guys. That haunting was unbelievable. It's very cool. So uh, cloak in the cloak, uh, cloaks a bunch of different times to. Uh, <laughs> now he's wearing cloak. We're saying the word cloak too much. Yeah. I just want to put it out there. But that's what it's. It's a noun. It's a verb. It's sure. a piece of. It's clothing. everything. It's a person. It's a knife. Wait, that's what? the one thing it's not. It's oh not man, a knife. it's not it's a dagger. One th- <laughs> I think no. it's a dagger. No, no, no. no. Okay. No. Uh, cloak. What about cloak. daggers? Daggers? Are those cloaks? <laughs> those are cloaks. Those, those are, are cloaks. cloaks. Yeah, the regular way. daggers are not. What if Jagger made a bunch of daggers oh, and made on, a cloak out of her? Well, honestly, though, which one's which? I don't know yet. We're going to find out. I, I think in the season finale. I guess we have to find out. Anyway, like, can we dagger. talk about the haunting? <laughs> you can't be dagger. You have the daggers. <laughs> you can say wearing a band T-shirt to the concert. Come yeah, on. They actually, I heard they got Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld to write the season finale. <laughs> where they're like a dagger. No, no, you're a cloak. What are you talking about? You're a cloak. You're cloak. You're wearing a cloak. We're doing two Seinfelds. <laughs> Not, no Larry David. Those two Seinfelds <laughs> having the discussion. No Larry Davids. Uh, hey, Seinfelds and cars getting coffee, you know, right? <laughs> uh, great. Are we done yet? Can we talk this about is, the haunting? Yes, we're having because fun. it was really awesome stuff. I, I really liked how well this was done, how smart this was, and the fact that like even the lady detective was playing in on it and being like, I don't see who you're talking about. That was really awesome. And Beard Cop's filming yeah. the whole would thing. Would that work, though? Do you think that would work in real life? Uh, so yes. basically the setup is he that... He did a great job explaining it. He was like, this guy's been haunted for so long, and he's such a dirty cop that he's constantly looking over his shoulder, so there has to be some Fair. Some he was this. probably also on a lot of coke. Right, yeah, yeah. which He's probably helped do quite a, lot a bit. Of drugs and yeah. Yeah. drink, and so he was because well, there's another show development called Coke and Swagger, which is going to be that one. I'm excited for that one. Sort of the after hours version of it. Yeah, so he, he's kind of rattled. Uh, Cloak keeps cloaking in and out to make himself seem like a ghost. He's also taken a sweatshirt and created bloody uh, s- wounds. Wounds, wounds from thank where he you. was shot. Yeah. Right, in the area where his brother was shot. Uh, and he proceeds to confront Detective Connors and say, you killed me, you killed me, yeah. uh, and gets him to confess, at which point it turns out Beard Cop has him on camera. Uh, Detective O'Reilly arrests him, and they throw him in the slammer. No, they don't. <laughs> he, like, hangs out by the desks. I was like, what the fuck, man? He what that's bo- what you do. You're checking booking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's uh, booking him. Uh, so that was great. What a huge win, and nothing more yeah. to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great to see Cloak Really, he's becoming... He's a cloak now. 
Right. And on the other edge of the spectrum, we have Dagger breaks into Roxxon. Does, I thought, a really cool move on the escalator. I don't know yeah. why that struck yeah. me, but she yeah, swipes right in. Away. When the guard leaves, runs to the escalator and ducks down, so she's hidden as she's riding up but the escalator. But she also turns and ducks so she can look as she's going right. up, which is smart. Which, again, it's like, I don't know why that struck me, but, but that's such a little thing that I thought was so smart. But then does the dumb move of, uh, like, instead of hiding from that douchebag guy, she runs up on him and, like... Peter Scarbo? Yeah, and was, like, threatens him with her. It shows him she has powers... With showing him the dagger, I was like, "You're doing so, too much. Uh, Stay in the shadows, maybe. but run like, from the shadows. It is a little don't make yourself what her reveal. plan was to begin with, right? Yes, like, was she know. looking for clues? Did she want to confront Peter Scarborough, or did she just take the opportunity once he was there? Uh, what do you think? I think uh, it was an opportune because it was after hours. There's no guarantee he would be there, right? Um, so I do think I think she was breaking in there to look for more evidence or something. Right. Uh, but instead, she gets the guy, takes him hostage. I feel like it was, it was happenstance, but also he she knows that he knows something's up with her, so it's a fine... Right. He and the other part close. of it is... You don't show somebody your powers. I do think there's a ticking clock on it because she went into his hopes, and his hopes were murdering people and picking money off of their corpses. So she knows he's basically the worst guy she possibly can encounter. He now knows that she is Tandy. He has confronted Ivan Hess. Ivan Hess is terrified. So I do think there's a level of she knows she does not have a lot of time that yeah. he is going to do something bad. She's already watched him kill that nice lawyer guy that was. Yeah. Pro- so what is she fucking around with for? She's not fucking around. What she's, she's she takes him hostage yeah, and confronts him. Either murder the dude or don't, but don't reveal all your fucking. She plans. is a teenager and she's trying to clear her father's name. She doesn't want to just kill this guy, so she presents the evidence. Is like you're you're fucked, and he she like lays out the case like a lawyer would. He's like, why don't you just? I'll give you some money. We'll make all this go away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm trying to save my father's uh, memory. Great. Because uh, my then, father was a great man. She slices through that eye beam. And that, that was insane. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Her daggers are super sharp, you guys. Very sharp. Yes. They're made of light. Yeah. You're leaving out the part that makes me very mad at the end. What the is book. the part that makes you very Oh, at the end? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. We're not actually there yet. Uh, but we'll that, get there. That scene was very we'll cool. Get we'll get there unless we just decide not I to. I thought it was a dumb move on her part. Just, let's just wait. Um, so uh, we get some a fun uh, reference in here where O'Reilly talks about a friend Misty's. of hers named Misty Knight. That's yeah. the second time she's referenced. You got to bring Misty on at this point. Well, so she didn't reference Misty Knight earlier. That was on Luke Cage when all is, oh, at the okay. end of Luke Cage season two. We talked about this on earlier podcast episode when all hell is breaking loose in Harlem. They talk about how they're short-staffed, and part of the reason they're short-staffed, she says, O'Reilly went down to New Orleans. Uh, So, yeah, we're seeing a little bit of a light crossover there. I think these are more Easter eggs than anything else, but it's fun. Yeah, very fun. I would love to see Misty on the show. We see a great Misty Night reference. We see that Beard Cop is sticking around. The relationship, everything is great. And then... then, uh, Well, do you want to talk about Tandy first? Uh, yeah, let's talk about Tandy first. I mean, we have a... Oh, well, well, we didn't actually... So so everything seems great. They go to the shore of the lake to yes. pay tribute to uh, their departed persons. Did I say that better this time, or was not, it still not awkward? Not much better. It was a little yeah. awkward, yeah. right? All right, I'll figure it out by the end of the episode. Uh, and they... Uh, 
uh, clearly have seen the movie Tangled because they want to send a lantern up into the sky in yeah. tribute of them. Uh, and they both touch Tandy's mom's arms at the same time and immediately go into something. They're not sure if it's hope, not sure if it's fear. It turns out to be a little bit of both. It's the mom watching a projection in a movie theater and the projection is of a sweet scene between Tandy's dad and Tandy's mom. They break through the screen, they go into it, and they see what I think is the real story, yeah. that Tandy's mom spilled coffee, he got super angry, and he hit her. And yeah. I think this is now, set up This is set up earlier um, when she has the, the Roxxon dude hostage, and he's like, you think your dad was a nice person? He was a monster. And she's right. like, no, he wasn't. Yeah. Now, also what's weird about this is... They're not sure if it's hope or fear. So you don't know if it was the mom fearing this or if that actually happened. I think the implication with her using her dagger to cut through the movie screen is that it is real and she was cutting through the false hope to the real thing underneath. Also, it was cool because they talked about like, oh, where were you? We were at the movies. Uh, you know, they changed it to ballerina. That was a sweet moment. But, like, the fact that we saw her in the movie theater was cool because that's where she was before it happened. And it's crazy that the whole thing was an MST3K reference. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. They just uh, totally we should also talk about so uh, what we find out actually happened on the day of with both Ty and Tandy. Right, right after they kids. left the beach. Right after they left the beach. So with Ty, what happens is, is he actually goes to the voodoo tour and he encounters that was Auntie, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Auntie giving the tour before Emoji Girl gave the tour. Uh, so that's a fun little thing that happens with him. Uh, with Tandy, she gets home and finds out that her mom has OD'd on pills, has to call the hospital. Is it? I thought it was. Uh, she was, was too drunk. No, it was drunk and pills. Uh, yeah, it was both. It was combo. Uh, which is awful. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of get she a She has only one shoe. Uh, yes, that's the worst thing that happened to her. I mean, that's just something really speaks to you Gle- in your role as one shoesy the newsy. Yeah. No, no, I know. I mean, I felt it. I 100% Glenn felt it. Her point. foot was bleeding a lot. For yeah. Someone. Foot, she must yes, have stepped on some very thing. strong. My point being, you, you get to see, you get to see why Ty got lifted up while Tandy got pushed down. Yeah. Things just got worse and worse for Tandy on that day. Ty got this glimmer of hope, this uh, vision of the future. Uh, but off of everything that happens, off of everything that Tandy finds out after they send the lantern up, she bitterly calls Peter Scarborough back and says, you know, actually, I will take your money. Fuck my dad. Sell out. But Bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. You don't think she's going to turn it around at the end? Like, this is her temptation, right? This is her... And she's hurt. Right. This is the thing that's Fuck coming that. in the path of her being a hero. She's going to break this through this. This corporation is evil. She you knows know that. that. So take it down. Don't take the fucking money. You Do she... you know of an evil corporation? Yeah. Are you taking it down? No. But my father didn't die and this whole thing didn't happen. What's the evil corporation you're thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> I, you pick one. Disney. Yep. There you you're go. giving them a lot of money. Yeah. You love Disney. What? Right now, we're recording a podcast about a Disney property. (laughs) (laughs) Great. You should be working to take Disney down. (laughs) Yeah. That's what we're doing eventually with this podcast. We'll get there by episode 10, I think. I was upset by that phone call. Again, you're supposed to feel upset. You're supposed to feel what Teddy is feeling. Don't get mad at me for feeling what I'm supposed to feel. You're right. I'm sorry about that. Should we talk about the thing that happens at the end of the episode? Uh, yes. Yeah. So then um, she takes the money, hides it in a cool statue. 
Um, and we'll see about that later. And then we have O'Reilly coming home for some she more can't pan- wait for pancakes. pancakes. Uh, and she sees all this food out. And There's she's a like, lovely oh, bit of food oh, out man. on the counter. We're going to have a, a feast. feast. Opens a fridge. Who's in there? Beard the beard cop. Oh, man. Beard he got fridged. He got fridged. A, a yeah. total flipping of the fridge. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know about fridging, uh, this is something that was coined by Gail Simone, a comic book writer at the time, a journalist, uh, where there was an issue of Green Lantern, where at the end he comes home, Kyle basically Rick. the same exact scene, finds his girlfriend has been stuffed into a fridge. And this phenomenon is where the uh, girlfriend or wife or significant other woman. is <laughs> woman is killed in order to give motivation for the main male character. Like you said, total flipping of that paradigm. But I think they did that on purpose. Definitely. Yeah. Right. I think it was a, definitely a reference. Yeah. 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 I mean, in a way, there was the camera was like, oh, you got fridge. It was a little much. Yeah. <laughs> and then the logo <laughs> came up uh, yeah. where it was like fridge with the apostrophe yeah. between the G and the D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nice. and an exclamation point. Yeah. Uh, Whatever it is, that was awful, and I completely cringed at the end of that episode because yeah. even though I knew it, it made it worse because yeah. I knew it was coming, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree. Um, and that's the episode. That's where we left off. And I feel like we're setting up for our... Uh, the next few, it's like the next big move, I think, because is coming. we were at such a good place with those two, and now we're not at that good of a place. Well, but I do think this episode, uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, It's in the series so far has like been Cloak and or Dagger. It's them separately figuring their shit out and doing a good job of it, and then coming back together to talk about it. And I think what we're getting for the finale uh, we're building toward is going to be Cloak and Dagger coming together. Yeah. And how many apps in the doing? There's know? ten episodes total. This is the eighth episode, okay. so we're coming close. I thought it was crazy that they wrapped up or technically wrapped up so much this episode. You know, granted, Connors and Scarborough are still out there, so there's still a lot to do. But I think what we're really doing in a way is clearing the deck for the bigger cataclysm that's coming, whatever is going to happen with the project that Mina is working on where things are going to explode. I also think that uh, I really thought that um, Cloak was going to pull Connors into the Dark Force. I-, I wonder if we're going to get there with this season. I feel like that's where he's going to end up. Yeah, we'll see. That's going to be cool. All right. Before we go, this episode, Cloak or Dagger, who won the episode? Justin, you got oh, one? Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, gotta be Cloak. This is definitely the cloak yeah. episode yeah. he goes from being a guy to being cloak um because he gets a cloak he cloaks himself with a cloak and becomes stop cloak. saying cloak pete what about you cloak or dagger cloak all day or day you always <laughs> pick cloak yeah because dagger breaks my heart every episode i was starting to like her and then she she murdered me in this episode oh man you were hoping she would do the thing but I was instead you, now you're a better person you're fearful for what she did do yeah She's not that good of a person, and she's also a fucking sellout. Uh, I want to go with Dagger just to be contradictory, but I got to go with Cloak as well. Yeah, it's nice. a three episode. We yeah. got a triple Cloak. <laughs> it's a triple Cloak. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's a Cloak. <laughs> triple Cloak. Oh my God. Alarm. What was that? That was a crazy <laughs> noise. That was so funny. <laughs> hey, when you're shooting the like you learn how to say finger going in circles. Oh, man. Don't ever do that again. Absolutely not. If you'd like to support this show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the Pit Loft in New York. Please come on down. We'll chat with you about Cloak and or Dagger, whatever you want. Um, what else should we plug? Uh, follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. 
Is that what you meant? And, uh, uh, for or, this- or at Cloak Jabber as well, if you want specific yes. Cloak and Jabber content. <laughs> Friend us on Facebook to hear about our amazing... Uh, guests on our live show, Comic Book Club. And yeah. definitely check us out at CokeAndSwagger.com, which is the... Um, <laughs> nope. You can check out ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more podcasts. And we'll see you at the cookout, you guys. Oh, man. Well, what? well, 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 well done. Well done.